Good evening, Satanan, Sanadri Physical, and to those of us watching online, I'm glad you could make it to our uh, prayer gathering. And uh, today is January 18, no? middle sa January 9. Hopefully, ang ato ang uh, mga New Year's resolution, kay wala pa na himog kwan, two weeks resolution lang, or mga asin one week resolution na lang. Diba? So hopefully, atong uh, resolution kay nagpadayo na siya. But as we hit the middle of January, you know, naagin ang tendency sa tuatanan, and it's pretty much a normal, for the most part, a common occurrence na kanang reinvigorated zeal bitaw, na, na, na gakakuha na to sa January 1. Ang kanang bitaw, excitement na to na na new year na koy gusto buhato na koy uh, mga new year's resolution usually by around this time gaka wala na na siya no and it's a pretty uh, normal occurrence and while a lot of us are looking forward to a lot of good things this year uh, it is also true that a lot of us are still carrying a lot of burdens from the past year and even more so it is true that not only those things that we wish we could have left behind in the past year are still present but they have seen to gone to have gone worse and we all know how this plays out now life is a series of never ending problems in which we are more certain that problems will come than we are certain of pleasures to come so how then do we live life how are we supposed to take this fact that we know that Problems are sure to come rather than pleasures. We live in a world that tells us that the best way to navigate life is to tell yourself that you're perfect, that you're good, and that loving yourself before anything else and before anyone else is one of the highest virtues today. And that the, true, and the path to true happiness is to follow your own heart's desire. And so we see that this world is fundamentally opposed to what Scripture says at every level. Because God says the complete opposite. The Bible doesn't say that we are perfect or that we are good. It, it, it's, we are far from it. We are marred with sin and evil. It says that we are to die to ourselves, not to love ourselves before anything else, but we are to die to ourselves and love unselfishly. It says that our hearts are deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Jeremiah 17, 9. And above all, it says that the only path to true happiness and rest can be found in God. And so as Christians, we must always be constantly reminded that how we live life, including how we face hardships, is directly linked with our relationship with God and our growth in it. And by God's grace, tonight we are going to look at a text that comes from someone who is no stranger to suffering and in fact is constantly encouraging people who find themselves in a similar sort of suffering. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to uh, the epistle of Paul, which is the Second Timothy chapter 1. We are going to go through the entire uh, chapter 1, so this is going to be a bit long, but bear with me. Second Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus, 
to Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did. As I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted him until that day. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me, in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. You are aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day, and you know very well what service he rendered at Ephesus. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to preach your word tonight. I pray that what you have just shown us through scripture will invigorate us, will exhort us the same way that Paul invigorated and exhorted and encouraged Timothy. I pray that all of this will not just be head knowledge but will become a reality in our lives as we go through life and the hardships of life. We pray that we will apply all these things, your word, we will hold true to them and that we will guard the source of our joy which is your gospel in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, the letter of 2 Timothy is not only one of Paul's most personal letters, but is also one of his most encouraging letters. It was written during his second imprisonment and his final imprisonment in Rome, where Paul was not only imprisoned, but he was abandoned by most of his companions except for Luke. And so he was virtually left in a dungeon that was cold, damp, dark, and filthy. And he knew that unlike his first imprisonment, there was no hope for escape this time. And so he urged Timothy to come to him one last time to pass on the non-apostolic mantle of ministry to him. And Paul had every reason to write this letter of encouragement and exhortation to Timothy. Because as the context of uh, the, this letter was written, Christianity 
was being pressed from all sides. In the West, Christianity was being persecuted in Rome, and in the East, it was under attack by false teachers and their teachings, which had infiltrated the church. And one such, te- and one such church was the church at Ephesus, which Timothy was leading. And you couple this in with the fact that a lot of the uh, some, or maybe a lot of the members of the church at Ephesus didn't like the leadership of Timothy. They resented him. And so it wouldn't be a stretch to say that Timothy would be discouraged considering the fact that he was still in his early 30s during this time. So Paul goes on to exhort Timothy to be strong and preach the word throughout this entire letter, both commending him and admonishing him. And so tonight we'll go through five truths that we can see in the first chapter that we can apply to help us grow in our relationship in God and help us get through tough times in our life. We start off at verse 5. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. And so we remember those who have gone before us in the faith. Now, I think it was in the year 2013 where I first arrived at GCAF, and I can still clearly remember na sa first year or two na nag-attend ko sa, sa GCAF, sa to Sahab, is grumpy gid ko pag Sunday morning. Kay, dili mo kanan mo ito church. Diba? Uh, sa, ako, ang ako biging giunauna is Saturday, Sunday. Muna ako ang pangdula. Diba? So, sa Saturday, gabilara gid ko ana. So, pag pukawon ko ni Mamag Papa, DJ ko kanahon, magmugot na ko pag-abot sa church and even before that. And abi siguro na ko na wise ko, no? Kay mulingkod din ko sa tunga sa mga road. Dili sa atubangan, dili pud sa pinakaluyo. Atugid ko sa tunga, kay abi na ko na dili ko maklaro sa preacher na natulog. Pero karon na ga-stand ko dili sa stage, maklaro gyud di ay <laughs> biskan ako sa tunga na natulog gyud di ay ko. And looking back on it, uh, I can see God's working in me that I am very grateful for that he has changed. And in those 10 years since then, I have met a lot of godly and faithful men and women which have greatly encouraged me whenever we talk, whenever I hear their testimonies, and whenever I think of them. And so the same way Paul reminds Timothy about the God-enabled faithfulness of his mother and his grandmother that was also in him, we are to look at those who have come before us. Those who are more spiritually mature in us, more spiritually mature than us, as a source of encouragement during times of hardships, as a means of growing our own faithfulness in Christ. And as we are reminded of the faithfulness of those before us and in our own commitment to God, we are to strengthen our weak hands and our feeble knees in the face of opposition and serve God. Which brings us to our second point. We are to be strengthened in being good stewards of God's spiritual gifts. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I face difficulties personally, I have this sinful tendency to draw away from people and to draw away from God. And I believe that we all have that sort of tendency within us to a certain extent, that when we're up a wall, our natural inclination is to ignore everyone and everything around us 
because of our own selfishness. And if I'm to be honest, there are a lot of times where I don't even want to go to church because of my own sinfulness and because of my own sinful nature. There are a lot of times where I don't want to practice my spiritual gifts simply because of my own selfishness and my own selfish desires. But verse 6 to 7 encourage us, encourages us to remember who we are in Christ. Verse 6, for this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. We are to kindle, literally to fan the flame. Kana bitong magkuan ka? Mag kagbaga una di mako familiar ana no para ra na sa kanang maayod kayo magluto kay tama na ko sa gas stove pero if familiar mo ana muna no magkindle ka imong ifan ang flame para mo bursha into flames we are to fan the flame afresh the gifts that God has given us because God has not given us a spirit of timidity in greek it's delias which means a cowardly or shameful fear caused by a weak and selfish character. God has not given us that kind of spirit. Instead, we are given a spirit of what? Power, dynamios, which is where the word dynamite comes from. That's the Greek uh, root word of that. It is an explosive divine power and spiritual energy that gets us through tough times. Love, agapis, or agape, a God-centered kind of love that chooses and wills self-denial and self-sacrifice for the benefit of others and discipline sofrenismo a self-controlled and organized mind that focuses on the sovereignty and power of god which dispels all fear and timidity of whatever problems we face in life so we're then to be strengthened in this fact and use the spiritual gifts that god has given us in the service of him and his church no matter the circumstance we find ourselves in life because god has not given us our spiritual gifts for our own benefit but he has given it uh, given it to us for the benefit of his people the benefit of his church and we are to use them in the like manner verse 8 to 12 then goes on to say therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our lord or of me his prisoner but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher, for this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. So not only are we to be strengthened by the power of the spirit of power, love, and discipline, but we have the assurance of the gospel of Christ who saved us and brought us from death to life and therefore, we not only serve with confidence, but we also suffer with confidence. Knowing who Christ is and the victory he has won over death and the rewards that await us at the end of our life here on earth, no matter what we face. 
This is why Paul says in Philippians 1.29, For to you it has been granted, for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. To suffer for Christ is not a it's not necessarily a bad consequence, but it is a privilege that we have in Christ because of the rewards that await us and because of God's love. And so let us boldly and confidently trust Jesus in our obedience in proclaiming the gospel, knowing in great confidence the faithfulness and power of our God. Moving on to verse 13 and 14. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. As believers, it has been drilled to us in this church and through the Bible that we are charged with spreading the gospel and living out biblical doctrines. But this entails that what we're actually sharing and what we're actually living, living out is accurate and sound. If we are sharing, quote-unquote, a distorted gospel, then it is useless. And so let us hold firm and defend the gospel and biblical doctrines. The gospel of Christ is the centrality of Christianity and it is the source of our hope and joy in Christ. Because the gospel is not simply a message about God, but it is a message from God. Distorting it along with other biblical teachings is nothing short of blasphemy. And we are to defend it with utmost certainty and truth. To hold a distorted view of the gospel is to rob ourselves and of others the joy that can be found in the true gospel. That God is holy, that man is sinful, and in our sinfulness and in God's righteousness we deserve death, but because of God's overflowing love, he sent Jesus Christ to live the life that we could not live and to die the death that we deserve. And on the third day he rose again, and that whoever believes in it and repents will have eternal life. So we need to ask ourselves a question, and we need to carefully examine, is what we hold in our hearts and what we share with others the true gospel, or is it a distortion of it? Because this is the source of our joy, and we must defend it even unto death. And lastly, number five, let us serve each other as an outflow of our theology. Verse 15 and onwards, You are aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from me among who are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day, and you know very well what service he rendered at Ephesus. Our love for God manifests itself in our love for others. We cannot say that we love God if we do not love our neighbors, if we do not love other believers. This is why Jesus said that the two great commandments are equally the same because they are not two different commandments, but they are the same commandment of the same coin. Because our love for other people reflects our love for God. And when times get time tough for us, it isn't time for us to demand service from others. We are to unselfishly pour out our lives in service of others, loving them and looking out for their benefit. And it is in this service 
that we find joy in the living out of our faith and by this we reflect our lives and remind ourselves of the power the majesty the humility and the love of god and so this enables us to stand firm in the face of adversity no matter what life may bring us because of the joy that we have in the gospel of jesus christ let us pray lord we thank you for coming down to this earth for dying for our sins that we deserve we thank you for your great love that has enabled this we pray that we will defend your scripture your holy scripture that you have left us here we pray that we will live out all of these things not only as head knowledge but as real truths in our life that we can connect with personally we pray that you give us your spirit of power a spirit of love a spirit of discipline that as we share your gospel to non-believers we will stay true to the biblical gospel and as we live out other biblical doctrines we'll be encouraged and we'll be exhorted and we'll be convicted where we need to be convicted in christ name we pray amen